It's 61 minutes into the Iran and Portugal game. Currently, Iran is trailing Portugal 1-0. Although about 8 minutes ago, Ronaldo had an opportunity to put Portugal up by another goal with a penalty kick opportunity that Iran's goalie did an amazing job of stopping and shutting down. But that's just where we are right now. Uh, What has me making a recording today uh, has more to do with the conversation that started with a good friend of mine when we decided to catch the Uruguay-Russia game at 7 o'clock our time this morning in Oakland, California. We started by meeting at my place and walking a short 8 to 10 minutes to the Athletic Club, a new sports bar that opened right around the time of the NBA playoffs and was extremely popular during Warriors games and has prided itself on being open for every World Cup game, whether it's 3 or 5 a.m. or just later in the day at 11. Hearing this news, DJ and I made plans, and this Monday, June 25th, was the one day that we could make fit our schedules. After we were inside the athletic club and had settled into our seats and ordered some coffee, we watched the match and also engaged in a little catching up. See, DJ and I used to play soccer at Las Positas College in Livermore. Uh, I think we were both chasing our own dreams of whatever athletic futures we could create for ourselves. DJ had a promising career in baseball when he was in high school, but a pair of shoulder surgeries, maybe more, had uh, caused some complications And I had always been pursuing a soccer career. And I had suffered my first knee surgery my senior year, an ACL tear and reconstruction. And when I joined Las Positas in 1996 into 97, I started the season by tearing my meniscus and having arthroscopic surgery. DJ had also come to the team after an opportunity at Diablo Valley College which was a little farther north, for baseball, hadn't worked out. And our friendship was created on the field because we were both defenders and because we shared similar passions about the game and commitment and, I guess, work ethic? It it wasn't anything concrete. It was more of just a comfortable understanding a recognition of talent, skill, and drive, and uh, a familiarity that we were very similar in how hard we like to work and what we tried to do. So this was a chance for us to catch up because that time when we played together was way back in 1996-97, and, well, it's been over 20 years. A lot's happened. Two thousand seven, two thousand 
eight, right around the end of 2007, DJ and I were able to reconnect. I was coming up from the bar chain platform, riding the escalator, and by the time I reached the top, I heard my friend shouting my name and waited for him to ride the escalator back up to meet me, where we hugged, talked, made plans to have coffee. And over the next year, he, his girlfriend Christina, who would later become his wife, and my girlfriend Tracy, who would later become my wife, had the opportunity to spend some time together before DJ's job moved him out to Oahu. Tracy and I made a few trips in which we were thankful that we could reconnect when it was possible. But over time, travel had limited our opportunities to see DJ Christina and their growing family. Approximately 18 months ago, DJ and Christina moved back to California, and we've slowly been creating a schedule where we can spend time with each other again. Today was an opportunity for he and I to share something that normally we would experience separately on our couches, watching the game, at our schedule, when it was possible. But it's not always something you can share with others if they haven't been on the pitch, the field, or struggled the way you have when it's someone that you've played the game with. This was a great opportunity for us to sit down and catch up and share something that was hard to relate to with everyone else. With so much going on in the 2018 World Cup, it was easy for our conversation to jump from different topics. Messi, Ronaldo, the Russia-Uruguay game that we were about to watch, the Iran-Portugal game, and Spain-Morocco games occurring later today. Because we were both fans of U.S. men's soccer when we played, conversation also covered how the U.S. men's national team did not qualify for the World Cup this year. And it was a story that was a part of the soccer conversation, at least in the United States, if not in other parts of the world as well. The reasons for why there wasn't success was not something we touched upon but it was something that I thought about when DJ later brought up a great documentary that he'd seen regarding the Brazil team that was lost to a tragic plane crash. The thing that he found to be the most powerful part of the story was how the team before the crash had created a community that was like a family where each person on the team cared as much about his teammates' family as he did about his own, as he did about his teammate, as he did about himself. And that kind of community is something that is built with care over time, and it's something that's nurtured. And DJ mentioned that in the documentary, after the plane crash, there was a desire to regroup, to build from the one or two remaining staff or players, but to field a new team and to charge forward, to be resilient, 
But by doing so, there wasn't the time to create the community that existed before. And this led to a series of struggles that were complicated by the grief and sorrow that were still being felt by the nation, by the people. And because of the consequences and complications surrounding the death of the team members, the impact that it had on the family that had survived after their passing. Community became something that continued as DJ and I continued our conversation and as Uruguay quickly took a 2-0 lead over Russia. The more we talked, actually, the more community became a theme. Something that I would reflect upon, and he, regarding the men's national team, and also a shared experience that could be understood based on a place where he had lived and I had visited, and the differences between the life of an island and the life of the mainland. Hawaii is a series of islands, but overall, because of its isolation and its distance from not only the U.S. mainland, but any other large physical land bodies, Hawaii is reliant on itself. It's a contained environment that has to live with the consequences of its actions. Concepts like recycling, uh, reusing, limiting waste, creating self-sustaining becomes more critical and more crucial in an island environment where there's nowhere else to go. You're surrounded on all sides by water. And most importantly, what you do very quickly and very severely impacts your neighbor, your community, and very quickly comes back to impact you. This creates a shared understanding and a need for reliance and recognition of that reliance by everyone on that island. It's an idea that's formed out of necessity and is continued through understanding. Through that understanding, there is a greater recognition in Hawaii of the need for respect for all of the many cultures that are there existing, cohabitating, and sharing the responsibility of maintaining a beautiful island that is considered to be a blessing by those who visit and those who are lucky enough to live there. Translating the concept of community that island life creates by necessity to a larger landmass is a challenge. North America is a very large continent, but it is still surrounded on all sides by water, as is every other continent. The countries within might not have that awareness, but the continent itself each one 
is surrounded by water. Each one is an island. Now, these might be larger islands than, say, Hawaii or other destinations that we have specifically named islands. But just like an island, even a continent is a finite space. This is something that hasn't sunk in for those of us who live on a large continent because we haven't experienced in totality what it means to have no more room, to fill every space, to use every available resource, and because of that, to recognize the value of those resources and the value of finding ways to reuse them. It's no guarantee what will create this sense of community. If it is something that will come in time because of limited space or limited resources or because of another factor either I haven't considered or is a variable that hasn't taken on such a significant role to be factored into the equation. But the sooner that the recognition that any space, no matter how large, is a finite space, the closer we become to the idea that all of this is our responsibility. That even though it's larger, much like the island, each consequence affects those around us and in turn comes back to affect us. And that because of that, the only chance we have at long-term success is a community that will be created through that understanding. It'd be nice if it didn't have to be based on necessity. But if it happens, the reasons for why it has to happen will most likely be secondary to the goal of accomplishing and realizing a spirit and a sense of community. When DJ told me about the documentary and I was reminded of the history of the Brazil national team and the success that it achieved as a community and the tragedy it suffered when its team perished in that crash, it reminded me that during the World Cup, there had been many examples of community success and community disruption. Messi is considered one of the greatest players in the world, and yet Argentina has struggled in its last two games to work together as a community with a, with a single goal, with a shared dream or desire. And yet by comparison, a lesser-known team with fewer stars is Iceland. But they've created a national identity based around their Icelandic clap and the shared experience it creates for the players and the fans who support them. Because DJ and I had been talking about the U.S. men's national team, it was easy to look over the past 
year or two, if not more, and to recognize that there was not that sense of community among the players or among the fans residing in the country that they were playing for and that is supposed to be supporting them. And that's a flaw that will continue to exist unless that sense of community is created. Now, it's possible for the men's national team to create that community on its own and for that sense of community to spread out to the country. But it has just as much of a possibility and responsibility for the country to consider that it can come together as a community and by doing so can help support and create a community in its men's national team. A community that will embrace the fans and the players, create new fans and encourage new players, and develop that understanding that makes each of us care about our teammate, our coworker, our neighbor, and their family as much, if not more so, than we care for ourselves and our own family. It's a concept that we can learn when we recognize how much we have to share and how much we actually depend on each other. The idea of community can lead us to success in more than just men's soccer. But the benefits are something we can witness together in a shared experience like a sporting team that reflects our best qualities. The Portugal-Iran game has come to a close. Portugal's 1-0 lead was threatened when Iran scored a goal of its own to bring the match to a draw. Portugal's success in its last two games meant that even the draw would allow it to advance on to the next round. But Iran's only chance of continuing in the cup was to achieve a win. And despite the equalizing goal, Iran's attempts to take the lead were only attempts. And when the final whistle blew, you could see many of the players on the field, tears in their eyes, heartbroken. And in the, f- in the stands, on the screens, it was the fans who were also heartbroken, sharing in the loss, sharing in the sadness. That sense of community is something that will continue to support Iran and its national team in its pursuits for its next tournament goals and in four years for its next attempt to play in the World Cup. It's the community that will support them now when they are heartbroken and that will lift them back up when it is time to go back on the field and face the next team and the next challenge. I believe that the opportunity for us to create that same sense of community is here and that once we recognize it and its value and importance for our future the more likely it is that we're going to take the steps necessary 
to make sure that it's our first goal and that it becomes our foundation. I'm looking forward to a lot more World Cup action this week and the weeks to follow. But I also know that I'm going to continue to watch those teams who, win or lose, display that sense of community that I know could be coming, well, as soon as we want it. As always, I wanted to take an opportunity to say thank you. If you are listening to this podcast, I'm not just a stranger talking into the air. And according to some of the uh, lists I have saying how many people listen, there's a few of you who are listening, which means I'm not talking into the air. And I want to take this moment to say thank you and that I appreciate your time and I appreciate your willingness to share that time with me. If you have any comments, thoughts, or suggestions, I'd like to encourage you to leave me a message. Feel free to reach out to me on any platform you feel the most comfortable. But if you like something as simple as good old-fashioned email, well, it's just my full name. S-E-T-H-S-I-N-G-L-E-T-O-N at gmail.com You've been listening to Storytelling with Seth. There's more World Cup coming, which means there's more stories to tell about that and about us. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to the next opportunity to share a story with you. Have a great night. Thank you again for listening to Storytelling with Seth. Whether you're listening on Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, iOS, Google Play, or one of the many other platforms available, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you're one of those generous supporters, thank you. If you didn't know, you can support my podcast while you're listening to this recording. Feel free to take a look for the link that says to support me, which will be a really simple little button. And if you're having any trouble, don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. And I'll make sure that I'll do my best to help. But your listening, your continued support is what makes these podcasts possible. And I couldn't do it without you. So thank you again, not only for listening, but for your generous support and for all the different platforms that you listen to Storytelling with Seth. I look forward to sharing my next story with you soon.